0: We have the russian war the energy war and the economic war lieutenant colonel tony Schaefer will join me with a strategic look at these multiple fronts and then you've been hearing about the u.s funded bio labs in ukraine but what is the u.s involvement around the globe with bio labs and how concerned should we be in gain-of-function attempts colonel lawrence sellin and dr lee min young will take that out And then we have a major story where Oregon Senator Dennis Lithicum and Senator Kim Thatcher and Dr. Henry Ely, who are the plaintiffs in a major lawsuit to convene a grand jury to hold those accountable for COVID crimes against humanity. All that's coming up next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies, and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation, all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allon here. Well, as we said up front, here it is. Uh, well, you got the, the Russian war, you got the energy war, you got the economic war, and uh, and let's not leave out of this equation. You still have uh, the fight of COVID is still happening too. It's hard to imagine that is still taking place, but it is indeed. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins me. He's the president of the London Center for Policy Research and a CIA-trained intelligence operations officer with 35 years of experience in global and national security. And since, since Colonel Shaver and I spoke last, and since you've heard him here on the program, the world has changed dramatically. I'm curious to get your thoughts about the comments from, um, uh, from President Biden uh, calling uh, Vladimir Putin a war criminal that just happened this week. And that was, it was a surprise to a lot of folks. This was after the address that Zelensky had uh, with Congress and all of that. Uh, Now, the Kremlin, uh, their official spokes, uh, people came back and said that Biden's comments were unforgivable. um, And we consider unacceptable and unforgivable such rhetoric of the head of state whose bombs killed hundreds of thousands of people around the world. It's a hell of a comment back here. What do you say to that?
1: Propaganda is propaganda. I think uh, Biden is not smart enough to understand how to properly use information. Uh, let's be honest here. Uh, Biden is not a man that, who's, uh, who has control of his own faculties, Malcolm. He's uh, a figurehead that's essentially been a tool of, I would argue, the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, uh, I think what we're seeing here is term three of Obama. Uh, he's pulling the strings. And so Joe's going to say whatever he's told to say. In this case, though, I I do believe if they were serious. and I don't believe they are by the lack of action. If they were serious, they would have already sent a delegation with uh, at least four to five documented cases of war crimes. And yeah, uh, Putin has engaged in war crimes. And Malcolm, he's trying to break the will of the Ukrainian people. He's doing that by direct attacks against civilians. It's, It's obvious. But that's, that's where it ends, because the Biden administration is not serious. This, this is something they could have done and should have done to gain the moral high ground yeah. and rally the world around them uh, when this first was observed, but they didn't. So yeah. it's more virtue signaling. It's more uh, saying things for purposes of, of expressing... Uh, uh, some level of of, of something. But it, again, it, it means nothing in the big picture. And it's just more empty platitudes preached by people who are morally bankrupt and fundamentally evil.
0: With with Biden, you know, you're, you're stuck there very interesting. Let me ask you this here. Sure. What you say about uh, Joe Biden, the faculties not there. I mean, all right, listen. Through that whole election season, it became sort of a joke to a lot of people. Of course, it was no joke to a lot of serious people who were looking at the consequences of these two politicians. In fact, I say that because Kamala Harris in Poland really uh, beset the world with what we've got in front of us here, the inadequacy of leadership here. I'm just wondering is really honestly, do you think, is anyone not in on the gig at this point? And and I'm talking not just here in our country, Democrats, Republicans, independents, Mm -hmm. everybody across the board, but worldwide. Does anybody not know the obvious nature of the statement you made? I mean, are we still, who, I mean, I'm just wondering who we're kidding at this point and why we just haven't called, uh, you know, the, 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 the card game at this point, because isn't everybody aware of that?
1: Well, I think they're counting on it. I mean, that's the thing. No enemy is <laughs> going to say anything that's going to upend their ability to influence us. That's a like, good point. Yeah. There's the there's the old saying. I, I don't know if it's a Sun Tzu or not. It's like never never interfere with your enemy uh, damaging themselves. You know, in the process of doing that. It. So it's like no, the Chinese aren't going to say anything except continue to insult Blinken and his staff. Uh, the Russians sure as heck aren't just going to basically push back every chance they get and, and highlight it for purposes of, you know, demonstrating he's weak. Right. And Malcolm, uh, Putin is going to, well, he's going to continue to take advantage of it. I've yeah. I said, if, if Biden had done uh, everything he's done over the past 10 days, uh, a full six months ago, we would not be here. Right. Putin would have observed and, and likely been influenced by, uh, this buildup, uh, mm-hmm. right now as we speak, there's three divisions of our best, I'm sorry, three brigades of our best armor in Poland. Uh, we have uh, the 82nd Airborne Division on the ground. We have 3,000 Marines in, in Norway train quote unquote, training, and, you know, they're there for other things. And had we done that, uh, made a serious effort to arm the Ukrainians. And uh, I don't know, do you remember during the Gulf War, Malcolm, how we... Uh, we were demonstrating how we were going to burst through the berms and go after the Iraqis. Yeah. That has an effect. We, we should, we should have been telegraphing our, but instead they appease and they
2: appease.
0: Well, this isn't a Tony, this isn't a peace through strength sort of program here at all. Right. Yeah. That's your point. That's the underside of this. We're seeing the whole opposite side of that. Uh, And they're bowing, they're bowing to the adversaries Mm -hmm. and the enemies completely. And you're so right when you say, We're, and thank you for saying that because I want everybody to understand he's so correct when he says, You know, listen, it's not like these world leaders are going to point that out, obviously, when they've got America on the ropes, more or less. And, And we, and we know it, and we know it. What do we, let's talk about the escalation risk of this because everybody that's watching this really sees, if you look at history, how these things are and the way things line up. We're at a very, and you know this as a, as a military officer, you know we're at a very delicate moment where this thing could yeah. easily tip. So, is the the right thing to do? Is it to arm Ukraine? I mean, to do what we're doing is that the proper thing to do to combat this? And and but you know how do we in other words how do we give putin an off-ramp because yeah. right now his pride is bigger that you know his head is bigger than the country and you know what what the hell is the end game here that's what i really don't understand Tony.
1: yeah i think we fundamentally have to understand ukraine is the other side of the coin of russia they're cut from the same cloth that means that they have oligarchs and corrupt governance just like Russia. So it's not like we're coming in to support the good guys, the Ukrainians are not the good guys. Now, with that said, I think we should stand up and defend any people who want our help to, to try to not uh, become the victims of an aggressive dictator. I think that's in our interest to do that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not our job to defend them. If we want to help them defend themselves, then that's fine. Uh, I, Malcolm, I think we have to look no further than Putin's speech of March 16th. Uh, the, the text is out there. Mm-hmm. And he's basically said he's going to – he's in this to win it, uh, and that's it. He's going to do it. And I think we've, we've done, been done a disservice by our own news agencies and big tech by not allowing the Russians to have their say. Plus, uh, the Russians have had far more victories than the Western press has reported. They've actually done uh, some devastating damage and I know they don't want to report this, but Russians have captured some of those uh, uh, javelins, so they're going to be coming back at us. Just say it. So, to me, we, we need to be steely-eyed and clear about what's actually going on. The Ukrainians are not a pristine people, but they're worth defending. The Russians uh, are not. Uh, while they suffered initial bad things and, and bad planning, they are still winning, and they're going to probably win based on the fact that they have overwhelming and and and. and uh, very comprehensive military force. Mm, now, let yeah. me say something that's going to scare people, but and maybe it should. The Russians don't see any difference uh, between uh, tactical nuclear weapons and basic tactical operations. They don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, one of the things we recognize during the Cold War, and it's not changed now, is that tactical nuclear weapons are an accepted component of, 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 of conventional operations. That is to say, Hiroshima-sized weapons, weapons between 5 to 20 kilotons, are considered to be tactical uh, weapons that can be deployed, mm-hmm. incidental to combat operations. Mm-hmm. So with that said, then, uh, you know, and if you, if you combine that fact, and that is fact, you can check it. And by the way, has anybody thought about the fact that it's going to take weeks for this stuff to get there? If you spend $80 million a day in Congress, Malcolm, it's going to take three to four months at best. To get stuff there so again i'm skeptical of the, our ability to actually influence anything to the level necessary to have a, a positive effect but with that set aside uh putin will not stop and i think uh, based on their own doctrine you could see that use of tactical nuclear weapons they just introduced the hypersonic missiles into the game that's right uh, some of their best technology i would not put it past them to to before the end especially if it looks like they're going to try to go for peace set off a tactical nuke or two just to get our attention
0: mm-hmm. yeah and he, and he's already been doing a lot of that uh, saber rattle and and, right. ca- and attention as you're saying there you you know you say okay he may use them and i think everybody's fearful of that right now tony because nobody is giving him an off-ramp this this uh, right. megalomaniac uh crazy guy there who, whose people is also they're calling him mentally deranged and other names and i which i really don't understand we're poking the beer as we continue to taunt him, instead of getting people to the table, which I said two, three months ago before they even entered into the border, sit down with the man, figure this damn thing out, don't go there. Yet they've gone there. Tell me, talk to me.
1: So I'm with you. No, look, uh, I thought engagement, we've agreed on the idea of engagement. Uh, I do believe that Putin did have some legitimate gripes regarding NATO, NATO expansion. I think he was assured by certain Western leaders it wouldn't happen, it happened. So the way you de-escalate is by engagement and uh, the Reagan folks were masters of this. They had uh, deep engagement, they had continuous engagement, they had a back channel, and there was conversation at the same time, they wouldn't back down, they did it from a position of strength. So when Gorbachev wanted to do something, wanted to say something, for example, one of the things the Russians, the Soviets wanted to to negotiate away and stop was SDI, the Strategic uh, Defense Initiative. And, And ironically, it, there was, it was vaporware. It didn't exist. And it wouldn't exist for decades, to be honest with you. But the Russians didn't know that. The Soviets believed it was right around the corner. And in their own mind, uh, that was uh, worth, uh, you know, basically promising certain things. And, and, and get this, even though it was vaporware, uh, Reagan wouldn't give it up. No, nope, wouldn't give it up. And it forced the Russians into a position where they did uh, did their own damage. But We were able to negotiate essentially a series of treaties which limited their ability to do certain things based on the perception. We got to get back to that. And and the idea here is that, yeah, you you should be able to negotiate an off-ramp for Putin from a position of strength. But Malcolm, that's the problem. Nobody in the Biden administration understands brinksmanship, understands how to leverage any advantage we have and out, and basically if you even have to make it bigger than it is for purposes of convincing a a a, a dictator like Putin that he's got to do something you should yeah. do that it's 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 almost like playing poker yeah, uh, yeah. we we yeah. we just have nobody who's capable so right. and yeah mm. i think yeah. I, it's it's desperate it's de- it's 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 yeah. it's way past time to give Putin an off ramp that off ramp should be hey we're willing to talk you got to stop these are the things that we're willing to examine, examine, not not guarantee. We will negotiate with you if you're willing to stop. And these are the things
0: that we're willing to do. China is sitting back there loving all this. They're playing this brilliantly because obviously we know what happened before the Olympics with uh, Putin and Xi Jinping and all that when Biden says, well, there's a red line there and we told China not to cross that. Like, yeah. does anybody really believe that, that Xi cares what the hell Biden thinks or anybody in Washington thinks? I think he's playing this thing all the way. That's a very, we. and I told you this months ago and you told me, I think we pushed Putin right into the arms of that. And one other thing, Tony, yeah. and then you need to tell me, here's the thing. If anybody in the media, most of the media heard your uh, talk just a few moments ago that uh, here, and you know what I'm going to, this is the problem. Now, everything you said being real and putting it on the table, they would call you a Putin apologist. Is oh, that's, that's what it's they're saying insane. now, but Tony, how does that yeah. win? I mean,
1: Joe Biden is completely compromised. I wrote a number of our editorials before the election where I called it Beijing Biden. It's true. Yeah. And so anytime you call, Uh, The company, the the country who's actually paid you and your son off, it's it's beyond a joke. And come on. I mean, uh, they recognize that Hunter Biden is under investigation they know all of this. Malcolm, they, they are watching this as intensely as we are. And then when you had these 51 intelligence officers that was just recently The New York Post posted it again, 51 intelligence officers who came out and said it was the Hunter Biden hard drive was propaganda. Those I know some of those people. John Brennan in particular. John Brennan is completely compromised. And so when you when you when the Chinese see that our quote unquote intelligence community has compromised itself to that level yeah. to help elect a guy that they paid off, what does that tell them? It, it just echoes the complete weakness of our system. not not our system of governance, but our system as it exists today because of the left, the the progressive left. And yes, the progressive left has compromised across the board our national security. So they don't care, Malcolm, if their bad intentions, if their bad acts uh, where they have worked so hard to maintain political power, they don't care if that results in the actual destruction of the system of governance, because they feel it'll, it'll never happen, they literally live in an alternate universe where right, they do right. cannot comprehend the damage that they're doing, and that's yeah, how, that's yeah. what makes most well, the
0: most. Well, the laptop you talk about now, that is actually another war front. Is the media, which you put, right. that's why we're in a lot of these predicaments. And again, I've been I've been shouting, I've been blowing that horn for some time now, trying to wake people up and warn them of the dangers of this. It's probably the biggest danger we have is that all of this is being completely misreported, as you just even said earlier, right. uh, with the damage or the Russian victories and the, the Russian apologist comments and all of that. All right, the New York right. Post had a headline uh, that said this, now that Joe Biden's president, the, the New York Times finally admits Hunter's laptop is real. They wanted Biden, they got Biden. He's now in there. He, here's the crux of this whole story now, Tony, that I really need you to shine some light on it. We're in a very bad predicament. I mean, our own oligarchs here and our own people, they wanted a certain outcome. They got the outcome they wanted. So what does that mean for the rest of us, Tony?
1: Well, it means that we, uh, I think, have to recognize that the last last presidential election cycle was completely corrupt. Even if you don't believe, and I do believe, that there was uh, electoral shenanigans, even if you don't believe that, uh, you've got to believe, based on the New York Times itself admitting, that there was a propaganda campaign to cover up the wrongdoing of Hunter Biden. And the reason they would do that, Malcolm, is because the Vice President then, uh, Biden, actually facilitated Hunter Biden getting uh, going to Ukraine, going to China, and if you believe the information off the Hunter Biden hard drive, which I do, the big guy being Joe Biden, received at least 10 percent of all that ill-gotten gain, which means that he is a felon himself. And so with all the talk of uh, the grand jury regarding Hunter Biden now ongoing him but paying a million dollars to the IRS trying to stop charges, which I still think are going to come, uh, this all indicates to me that, that Joe Biden is uh, the modern day Spiro Agnew.
0: In the last old day or so, last day or two here, the, the House Democrats, uh, they are, with all the damage that's been done to our energy, and, and we don't need to waste time, everybody out there knows uh, the, the war on energy that's taking place. You'd have to really live right. under a rock if you didn't know what's taking place here uh, for this whole climate thing. Now, here's what's happening. You talk about doubling down, Tony, or tripling down or whatever. The House Democrats now want Biden to declare a national climate emergency like right now. This (laughs) is like right now, right now. And they want to ban oil drilling completely, like totally on federal lands. And they're calling for Biden to also end the fossil fuel uh, subsidies, period and, and stop now. Politico, a, a report from them, says the Congressional Progressive Caucus is planning to demand that Biden uses executive power to declare the climate change emergency, ban the drilling on federal lands, et cetera, et cetera. Ted Cruz comes out and says Dems want ten dollars a gas, uh, maybe twenty bucks a gallon at that point. And then uh, the, the the Democrats need to wake up. Uh, the Senator uh, Steve Dane says, out uh, of the Republican there, he said we must unleash American energy, but uh, surely right. that's not going to happen. What I mean, how does this fit into this whole picture now? And I mean, there's a push on the Democrat Party to really go further.
1: How does it work? So the Marxist progressives are out to destroy the republic. Uh, You do that, Malcolm, by diminishing the economic strength of a nation. And our economic strength is largely based on the uh, inexpensive and plentiful energy we have. Uh, so that's what they're trying to do. That's the bottom line. Uh, there is no climate emergency. I have a degree in environmental studies. Uh, we have, you know, CO two, this big enemy. We, we, uh, we, uh, essentially, humankind puts out a fraction of a percent. of a fraction of a percent of what goes into the atmosphere. Mother nature puts out far more, and we're never going to control that. Plus, if you then just look at the accords we have. None of the nations that actually pollute the most are doing anything to counter it. So no matter how you cut it, there's nothing we can do or should do relating to the climate. This is all about the left attempting to undermine U.S. security by undermining the U.S. economy and gaining control of energy and energy production, energy uh, 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 distribution by forcing the government to control it. This is all about collectivization. It has nothing to do with saving the environment.
0: How, I mean, you've got to be concerned. I know you're enough. You've been following this thing. How does it end? How? how do, I mean, right now we've got, we got all right, we're in the midterm. we got, like I say, three more years of this cabal here, whatever's leading. We've got the globalists over here pushing. We, we don't have an off-ramp for Putin. Direct message to the American people. How does it end, Tony? Uh,
1: I think we're going to see Putin become more and more desperate to win the war in in Ukraine. And so the progressives are using very similar tactics to Putin. So uh, if Putin uses a nuke to gain attention and gain leverage in Ukraine, look, I I see the progressive left using something of a a symbolic nuke to try to upend the inevitable outcome of the midterm elections. I do believe the Republicans are going to win in, in November of this year. And I believe the left's going to do everything they can to include cheat, lie, manipulate, to try to prevent that from happening. I don't think they can, but they're going to try. So I I think uh, uh, the two may commingle. is to Mm -hmm. say that the the left, the the Biden administration, Malcolm, as you know, is already using Putin's war to justify the failure of their policy. That's right. I would not put it past them to essentially encourage by their own incompetence more... uh, uh, bad behavior from putin that's why they, that's one of the reasons they don't want to engage because they see benefit from the war they can blame putin for all of their domestic failures and i think that may be what we are, we're faced with the only way this is going to change if is if americans get together and recognize the the complete evil that's at the heart of the progressive movement and they vote these people out and we got to do it sooner than later uh i'd like to see a a a, a a, a conservative Congress, so that by at least at least for the last two years of the administration, there would be limitations on what damage the Kamala Harris and Joe Biden administration can do. We we've got to focus on that. So that's the only answer that we have is that, that to, to retake the House and Senate in the midterms and try to limit the damage of the of the Biden administration until twenty twenty four. That that is our only hope at
0: this point. And the other big front we have is going to be the biolabs. You've been seeing these stories coming out of the Ukraine on uh, the potential bio labs and the United States involvement in those bio labs. And there's been a lot of misinformation there and uh, uh, just bogus uh, completely that uh, I think needs to be cleared up. I, I've asked uh, Colonel Lawrence Sellin and uh, Dr. Lee-Meng to join us who are both experts in this field. Uh, they'll be on next in just a moment to talk more about this. You know, this is an this is area of great concern uh, for us and, and we've seen this after, well, you might say the fire drill of COVID. And I, I say fire drill because it surely could get a lot worse if these, uh, many of these chemicals and these pathogens are released onto the world, as we're seeing a lot of these rogue environments it's not just China, as you're seeing on the, in the news headlines here as well. Uh, you know, as I often say to you, friends, uh, the world we live in is changing by the hour. I mean, really by the hour. And we've learned so much from COVID. I mean, we've been on the front of that war here at America Out Loud for sure. Uh, but these pathogens and variants are something we take very, very seriously in our healthy immune systems. I talk to you a lot about these products and, uh, you know, we become an outreach for these kinds of conversations. One of the products that I'm pleased to tell you about uh, today is the Genesis Fogger. Uh, Now the Genesis Fogger is an incredible piece of equipment. uh, And what you do is you put HOCL, you've heard of HOCL potentially, the hypochlorous acid, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, we all need to get more familiar with HOCL and be using it because this kills the pathogens, uh, absolutely. And so what the Genesis Fogger does, is it puts a, a fine mist in the air? This is, I mean, so important for our homes, and especially when you have folks over, people in and out, that sort of thing. You definitely want to use the fogger. And if you've got to also any kind of business environment whatsoever, anything where there's people, you definitely got to have this fogger uh, because it cleans, it kills the pathogens in the air and on surfaces. And that's really what we need to do you know those silly masks are not going to work i'm telling you it's a joke and neither is the vaccine uh so you've got to kill the pathogen at, at the root cause and that's how you do it because that's how it spreads um you can check it out here the genesis of fogger.com uh, forward slash out loud is where you go to get all the information you need uh, and you can also just click the banner ad back at america out loud and become more informed you're going to want to know about this And they have a lot of studies on there, a lot of backdrop information. And I know a lot of our listeners love to be educated in these fields with very smart group of folks here. And they want to know uh, what are the best ways to keep our our families and our loved ones safe. This is one of the ways you do it right here. GenesisFogger.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 15% off the Fogger. Uh, Just take advantage of that offer and check that out, friends. We'll take a quick pause right now, and we'll join you on the other side of the break. You're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday.
2: In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash
3: out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next.
0: As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It's Malcolm Outloud here, yours truly. And uh, big program here today on Viewpoint. want to talk to you next about these bio labs, uh, mostly because... There's a lot of misinformation out there, and as if there always is with the media and, you know, like we're just talking about up top of the program, they all have an agenda, don't they now? Uh, So let's clear some of that up next here and want to bring on uh, Colonel Lawrence Sellin joins me. And uh, Colonel Sellen served in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, He he worked as a research physiologist at the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases in Fort Detrick, Maryland there. And uh, so excited to have you on here. And also Dr. meng Young is here as well. And uh, she's an independent virologist. Uh, she's a whistleblower on the CCP. And of course, the bio labs have a, have a history. We've been talking about that a fair amount in China. But today, I want to start right here at the top here, uh, Colonel Selen, in regards to Ukraine. These bio labs that the U.S. is funding. Uh, you clear up quite a bit of that, uh, some of the facts on that in, a, in an op-ed you have on America Out Loud. Uh, let's bring it back to the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention, if you will, and why these biolabs, they are legitimate in the sense that we believe they are, but there's a lot of bad information being taken out of context here. And Should the U.S. be involved in funding those, I guess is the bigger question, isn't it?
2: Well, yes, uh, you're right, Malcolm. This uh, really centers around the uh, 1972 uh, Biological Weapons Convention and, and whether these laboratories that are, in fact, uh, U.S.-funded, there are between 11 and 15, that are, as far as I can ascertain at this point, of these U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. So the the, the question is whether these uh, laboratories are violating that 1972 Biological Weapons Convention and whether there are offensive bioweapons where they developed in these laboratories. Now, the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention allows defensive research uh, and prohibits offensive uh, research in terms of developing bioweapons. And I've looked at all the documents that are publicly available uh, about these US funded bio labs in Ukraine, including the documents that were submitted to the United Nations uh, by Russia. And so far uh, I have seen uh, no evidence that these bio labs in the Ukraine uh, violated the 1972 biological weapons convention or have produced offensive biological weapons. Now they are working on or have, have worked on dangerous pathogens in these laboratories. Mm-hmm. But uh, this also, this falls under the uh, defense of uh, uh, research that is defined in the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention. So, uh, you know, all the things that the Russians bring up about the research that are have been done in these laboratories, Russia itself has engaged in similar research in their uh, bio labs in, in Russia.
0: Yeah, they are bringing it up as a point of contention, kind of looking as a smoking gun, like, look at that, look at that kind of thing is what is they don't have much more to run on right now. And they're losing in the public opinion poll, clearly. Uh, but Colonel Sellin, um, give us an idea, if you can, of like, do you have any idea approximately about how many countries Uh, have these bio labs that the U.S. is involved in? Because we're, as I understand, and correct me on this, please, if it's wrong, but I believe we're funding a lot of this activity all over the globe. Can you give us any sense of that, please?
2: Well, there are many labs. It's not just the 11 uh, or 15 laboratories that the U.S. is funding in Ukraine. They also have similar laboratories uh, in uh, the Republic of Georgia and Kazakhstan, for you know, decades they've had research laboratories in, in places like Southeast uh, Asia, and have conducted research in, in, at various times in you know, in Africa and other places where. Uh, U.S. troops might go and, and therefore may encounter diseases in those locations. So the uh, U.S. military uh, conducts a research on those diseases, infectious diseases, that the troops might uh, uh, be exposed to and tries to develop not only identification uh, and detection of these uh, infectious diseases, but also countermeasures, whether they're you know uh, therapeutics or, or vaccines. So this is has been this
0: is defensive biological research that has been conducted uh, for decades. Let me ask you this here as a follow up. In your professional opinion and experience, is this, and for listeners who are totally confused on this, help me out here, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Should the United States be engaged with, because I assume these activities are going to happen with or without us, is what I'm guessing, should we be engaged on all these levels within these various countries and in these bio biolabs, a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Well, it depends on what they're doing in these laboratories. In principle, it's a good idea for the U.S. military to conduct a defensive medical research on infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Now, it's an entirely uh, other question whether what was going on uh, in the uh, bio labs in Ukraine uh, was a good idea. Uh, we know that, or at least I know at this point, that the 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 research that was conducted there was not a violation of the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention. And I see no evidence that offensive uh, bioweapons were being developed there. Now, the problem I have with the biolabs in in, in the Ukraine is that... uh, these laboratories, I'm not sure how well the U.S. government was vo- involved in the control of these laboratories. There, there were contractors involved, mm-hmm. uh, in particular a company called Black & Veatch. Uh, th- and this gets into the area of, of potential uh, corruption involved because uh, Black & Veatch was a company that was invested by Hunter Biden's business. Uh, Investment firm, which is called Rosemont uh, Seneca. So, you know, he was investing in these in these companies that were working in the bio labs there, and also uh, Peter Daszak of the EcoHealth Alliance, which, as we know, was involved with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the development uh, of of COVID nineteen. There was also a Chinese company called Meta, or a Chinese connected company, I should say metabiota uh which was involved in these research uh in in the ukraine so uh, i have an issue of how much uh, control they had over these laboratory was whether was there a potential for a, a leak in these laboratories of these uh, dangerous pathogens and also the the potential corruption that was involved in terms of the Biden family's investments and, and the other activities involving Health Alliance and this, uh, this Chinese company called Metabiota. So th- those are my concerns. So, but it goes beyond simply talking about whether there are violations of a treaty or development of bioweapons, which I don't think uh, I see no evidence of, but these other uh,
0: matters uh, concern me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the questions I'm hearing people ask uh, here at the network a great deal, I'm I'm hearing it in a a lot of chatter, is that they're believing that, as you allude to that corruption right there, that, I mean, some people are going as far as believing that this whole Ukraine-Russia fiasco uh, crisis that's happening Could very well be, uh, it doesn't sound right, but uh, another motive uh, for this war uh, uh, to, I guess, a cover-up, you might call it, a cover-up of sorts. Uh, it, It gets a little weird at that point, and people start to connect the dots on these things. But well, I will say there's an awful lot of coincidences here for certain. Uh, I mean, it's you'd have to win the lottery many times over to have all this set up the way it is. But that seems the way it, it falls in political circles. I want to come back to more of that in just a moment with uh, Colonel Selen. Let me bring on Dr. Meng Young now. And we talk about the China connection, which uh, uh, Colonel Sellin appropriately brought up there and this metabiota here. And, and by the way, all of this... Uh, my friends, is in the terrific op-ed, which uh, I so appreciate that uh, Colonel Sellen has on uh, the the network, the platform at America Out Loud. And you want to go read this in in its full entirety and you want to um, understand the connections and the points that he makes, because he clears up a lot of misnomers is what he does in there. Uh, That is entitled The Facts Concerning the U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine, and you I think you'll see them on the left side under Trendon as well on the front page here at America Out Loud. I recommend you read through that and to get a good sense of that. Dr. Li Young, let's talk about these bio labs now, and you and I have had conversations over quite a period of time now uh, within China and their reach into this field, which back to the funding of the Wuhan lab and how we got off track with that, and Peter Dayzak, De- uh, Des- which uh, Colonel Sellen points out there, well, let's just bring that to the table now and talk about the China piece of this and how concerned uh, we should be for the biolab program uh, beyond Wuhan, but throughout China.
4: And what I want to tell people is the Ukraine uh, bio labs, uh funded by America and as well as the other uh, the so-called hundreds of the biolabs all over the world, Mm-hmm. Now it's become the center of this bioweapon topic worldwide. However, if you go back to see this kind of uh, international collaborating projects, right. not only for biology, but also involved into many other aspects, almost all, you will see America has donated quite a lot of money to help this kind of development all over the world, not only in biotechnology uh, fields. And also, that's why in WHO, according to President Trump, that America was the biggest, and now it's also the biggest donor for WHO in the ground. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean that American money are used by American government to making weapons all over the world or other things. It means some other government can use these kind of opportunities and use the companies from Americans to misuse such money for their own purpose, which is very clear here. Uh, you, you know that in Wuhan, they use the taxpayers' money from America to develop the COVID-19 as a weapon. And also, when Ameri- uh, well, American government try to understand what happened, Chinese government started to claim that because of America. It's easy that when you give the money to this kind of countries, although you have the uh, task of the surveillance, but you cannot control this government. So the nation like China, they have their own total, uh, I mean, the power to control such labs. And also because it's such a big country, so it can compromise your scientists, like Echo Health, uh, Peter Daszak, and also Dr. Fauci, and to let them be blind, when Chinese come, uh, Communist party needs use this money to develop the unrestricted weapons?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's talk uh, right now. We're seeing that this may be um, uh, the, the the next arsenal that Russia uses even against Ukraine. I mean there's a lot of suspect experts are believing they will begin to use some of these uh, weapons. Uh, of destruction and chemical weapons and what have you in, in Ukraine. Colonel Sellin, what are the possibilities of that, do you think, in regards to Russia? What do you, what do you think about their use of them in the Ukraine uh, war there? Is that a strong possibility?
2: It's very hard to ascertain uh, how much of a possibility it is. I, we, we all know that uh, chemical w- weapons were involved in Syria, and Russia, of course, was involved in Syria, I don't know, um, I can't say there's a direct connection or an indirect connection mm-hmm. through their surrogates there but uh, I think uh, the 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 United States brought up this issue of chemical weapons recently and it may have been simply to preempt uh, the Russians from considering this basically saying to Moscow that well hey we know you might do this uh, using these bio labs as, as an excuse uh, and time is working against uh, the Russians in, in Ukraine. Uh, the the longer they stay there, the more uh, pressure will be uh, against them in terms of, of a ceasefire and withdrawing. They're certainly losing a lot of equipment and and men. So it's not going very well uh, for Russia in in Ukraine. And they may, it's possible they may get desperate and consider. Uh, using such weapons in order to uh, gain a quick victory. But I think the blowback from that would be just uh, enormous. And and uh, they probably, uh, I, I don't see it at this point, them them using chemical weapons. In,
5: in- oh,
0: interesting. But, uh, that's at least a note of uh, optimism there. A gain of function, which uh, uh, Dr. Lee Min Young just started to bring up there about the gain of function component of this. Uh, You know, it's one thing, as you point out in the op-ed, it's one thing to be researched and perfectly legit, doesn't go against the convention. It's all good. And the fact that our hands are in there, probably a good thing. You could argue, okay, Um, but then falling into the wrong hands is always a possibility. And then or you get what happened in Wuhan, where the thing is uh, where we start to play with Mother Nature and the gain of function. And we well, where the viruses are weaponized. And there's now a series of these viruses that we surely have been talking about here. The hemorrhagic fever, the Nipah virus, the Marburg, all of these things are uh, uh, and not to mention, as you talk about anthrax in here. And uh, there, there's Ebola. There's so many. Uh, are we, you know, it, it, you think about the last hundred years, it, it's been relatively, uh, I don't want to say, a little quiet, actually, in the realm of, you know, this um, uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, in the COVID-19 coming from the coronavirus. Uh, but are we looking at a whole do you really believe, are we looking at a whole new world order, Colonel Schellen? Is I, I, I get a sense, we're talking so much more about this today than we did in the, the 70s and 80s and 90s. Is is this the new world order? Is this what we're going to be dealing with just ahead? Well, uh, short answer, Malcolm, in my opinion, is
2: yes. Uh, the ability to Uh, genetically manipulate viruses in particular, Mm -hmm. it it has become very easy. There's a technique called CRISPR, which is uh, a very effective technique for Uh, altering the uh, genetic material in viruses and creating these uh, new new viruses essentially that can be potentially uh, very dangerous so uh, this technology has been developed mainly over the last 20 years Mm -hmm. and it's very sophisticated now and very easy to do uh, relatively speaking so I I think uh, and that's what concerns me about what happened in in the u in the bio labs in the ukraine because they outsourced the uh, management of these laboratories with people like peter daszak who has a reputation for gain function research and it's not just him it's potentially a lot of people uh including as uh dr yan correctly uh points out that there are many laboratories uh, in china that the chinese communist party and the, in particular the uh People's Liberation Army are controlling and, and doing this kind of research.
0: We, we see the developments of the biolabs as we're speaking about all over the world, and we're talking about the gain of function, the weaponization of these potential pathogens. Uh, you know, this seems to be an outcome that is not going to be favorable to any peoples on, on Earth. I mean, these are deadly uh, pathogens we're dealing with. How do we offset this problem moving forward? What, what are steps we could take? If any.
4: Yeah, Malcolm. So that's why, uh, remember, we start to talk about the hemorrhage fever virus. And also we talk about Chinese unrestricted bioweapon program from last year, from the last month. And we keep telling people uh, we let people understand the evil purpose and also the big, huge plan uh, behind all this pandemic and also what will happen in the future based on the intelligence and also evidence. The thing is. Yes, uh, there are a lot of uh, very uh, lethal pathogens can happen uh, because there are always this kind of uh, weapons in some labs and which are controlled by you no know, matter Russia or China or their uh, evil uh, allies. Uh, however, what we can do is we must go back to say uh, the legal problem now, what we need to fix. I mean, we means the legislators, uh, especially the American legislators, because uh, um, uh, The Chinese Communist Party can be so confident uh, in releasing the COVID-19 and then celebrate their trophy and also develop more. And now even this kind of biodefense bioweapon weapon-related industry becomes uh, the biggest supportive industry in China now. It's because no punishment. And why there is no punishment? As we discussed before, Chinese Communist Party well studied the... Uh, convention of bioweapons. And they know that there is no way, no matter from the treaties or to the U- United Nations, can find a real uh, specific way to hold them accountable. Uh,
0: Colonel Sellin, and a final point to you. Uh, you know, we mentioned up front here, the 1972 Biological Weapons Convention. Uh, I'm wondering at this point in the conversation, are we at a point in the world where there should be a meeting of the minds? I know we're dealing with some other fires at the moment, but I'm talking about the responsible players, because, you know, these weapons in the wrong hands of some of the terrorists, uh, the, that, that component, become extremely problematic because these are killers uh, like any other big weaponry uh, they can do massive damage into an, I mean, we're talking millions and billions of people on the planet. Is this the time when some sort of a new convention should come together or some sort of a meeting of the best minds on our planet? I haven't heard anything about that, but the, is that where we're at? Well, Michael, I think
2: we have to deal with the issue of gain of function as you correctly raised earlier, but I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with uh, Dr. Jan. I think the, uh, The 1972 Biological Weapons Convention is good as it is. I think it'd be updated in terms of the gain of function area. Uh, But she points out uh, two important things that we have to do uh, before we start tinkering with treaties is that we have to hold China accountable for COVID-19. We have to acknowledge that this was created in a laboratory uh, in China as part of their biological weapons program. That's the first thing we must do. The second thing is is uh, monitoring and exposing uh, China's biological weapons program, uh, expose it to the sunshine. So people know what China has been doing and, and we're able to monitor it. And also uh, the uh, scientists that are working with the uh, uh, with China uh, in the United States, people like Peter Dasek and others, this is, uh, hasn't been monitored very carefully. And to this day, it's still not being
0: monitored carefully. So, those are the things I think we need to do. A uh, big thank you here for the expertise and uh, uh, time and knowledge uh, of Colonel Lawrence Sellin and Dr. Li Mengyang. I really appreciate both of them. The America Out Loud Talk Radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire.
6: Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Out Loud Talk Radio, this is the McCullough Report. I want to put in a big word for healthy cell supplements. The GI tract is not functioning normally in long COVID syndrome. I'm convinced of it. There are multiple studies. We need a much better absorbed set of of nutraceutical and vitamin products for long COVID syndrome, and that's Healthy Cell. They have an entire line that's safe and effective, uh, can help people through the long COVID syndrome. I found the best way to use Healthy Cell products is use them every day, not on and off, on and off. Take them every day consistently. The Immune Super Boost, Focus and Memory, and the REM sleep supplement all have powerful effects in long COVID syndrome. Go to HealthyCell.com And in the promo code, type in OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. This next segment is a must hear. This is a glimpse of a bigger conversation we had on The Voice of a Nation, my daily show on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, and you must hear this now because this is you'll hear Oregon Senator Dennis Lithicum and Oregon Senator Kim Thatcher. Uh, and right now at the front of the clip, you'll hear the voice of Dr. Henry Ely. Listen to this and I'll tell you how you can hear the whole program on the other side here. Um, this is again about convening a grand jury to go after the those covid crimes against humanity.
3: If this began in a lab, that is clear evidence of planning. That's clear evidence of, of, you know, of really of crimes against humanity at that point, opening up Pandora's box. And the thing that we cannot allow have happen are people who would think and act like that for their own profit, a, a seeming like a, a, a murder for profit scheme, right? A eugenics murder-for-profit scheme. We can't let people like that have any authority in our world, but we especially can't let them commit crimes of any level. Now, this is the greatest crime, in my opinion, that's ever been committed, but we can't allow them to continue to walk free amongst us and profit off of our demise. We cannot allow that. That cannot be the future that we pay forward to our children. We just can't do that.
0: So when I when I use the words a moments ago, not really uh, an American genocide, was that too strong?
3: No, absolutely not. It's not too strong. Look at look at what's going on right now. The, we have to look at the totality of damage and, and harm that has been done. Mm-hmm. We have children who committed suicide. We have people who committed suicide because their business was failing. We have uh, loved ones who died alone, but they, they were really killed in the hospital. It wasn't that they died and there was nothing in the hospital. The hospital refused to do anything, they refused to give early treatment. They they shoved oxygen down people's throat without justification, but so that they could get a better reimbursement rate. You know, when you look at these kind of things, these are facts. Now they're ugly facts. No, nobody's comfortable about this. You think am I'm, I'm enjoying telling this story? This is horrible. I have to live this every day of my life. There are so many nights, Malcolm, where I can sleep. But I can tell you almost every day I have tears in my eyes mm-hmm. about what I'm seeing and the stories that come out and the and the the grinder, the meat grinder that humanity has been put into mm-hmm. by a few corrupt people that yeah. we can hold to account.
0: You have to think in the terms of like how many people were brainwashed with this thing. Uh, Senator Thatcher, let me bring you back on here with us. And uh, the part of we, the people here that were willing to throw the other part of the we, the people under the bus. I, I can't figure it out. Can you?
5: Well, you know, it just it's kind of spooky to even say it out loud, but it does seem like a worldwide conspiracy because what played out in Oregon, played out across the United States, played out across the world. You know, one of the things that CDC I just think is really interesting that they did not come up with a way to constitute a COVID diagnosis. They decided to slip it on over to this organization, private nonprofit organization, nobody's ever heard of, I hadn't ever heard of it before, called the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists, the CSTCTE. But what's special about this particular nonprofit organization it is heavily funded by the vaccine industry. So (laughs) you have the people who basically have an interest in making sure people get vaccinated coming up with a position paper on what constitutes a COVID diagnosis. And so they determined that a single cough, no matter if it's an allergy, if it's an undetermined origin, that would qualify as the positive diagnosis for COVID. A single cough. Like, okay, right? All right. Right, right. So it, it did not require a test. To prove a diagnosis, well, we can talk more about the tests later. But whether they are accurate or not, but basically, they could count people multiple times because they declined to define a methodology to ensure that the same person couldn't be counted multiple times. So that that could be counted as a case each time that person coughed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, this was done. I mean, I can't imagine the CDC could not have come up with ways. To, to determine a diagnosis, they have, I mean, the, they're the CDC, they're world renowned, they were,
0: uh, Senator Lithicum, let's bring you back in here, please. And uh, I, uh, let me just ask you, so how do you feel looking at this overall now? Let's bring it to a head here. Uh, what does success look like for you? Re- I mean, real success with this whole process of you putting yourself out there. What does it look like at the end?
6: I think the success is a, a, a little bit of holding people accountable um, and Uh, and then organizing public support for uh, a constitutional amendment. Unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship and restrict the art of healing to one class of men and deny equal privilege to the others and will be constituted to be the Bastille of medical science. And so what he's saying is, look it, if we make medicine, this special government run medical institute, we will, they will become dictators, and we will lose our religious freedom, our medical freedom, our freedom of speech, and they, holding the cards of privilege, will be put in charge. I mean, the kind of rampant devastation that we're seeing in the public square over social media, in the economic realm, these are all terrible uh, portents for the United States of America and where we go from here.
0: Well, that full program you can hear uh, on americaroutloud.com. Just go to the platform. And in fact, that program is on podcast as you hear this viewpoint this Sunday, you'll hear the Voice of a Nation podcast on this program that I you just heard the glimpse of right there. Uh, it's a remarkable interview we do over the course of an hour with Oregon Senator Dennis Lithicum and Kim Thatcher and Dr. Henry Ely. Uh, there's a lot to learn here about this one, uh, but this is we need everybody to push because, again, short memories are not going to fly here. It's about holding people accountable for a lot of the Uh, misgivings that have happened over these last couple of years, and you know what I'm talking about there. My friends, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Thank you for being on the mission. Remember, it's time to get involved and get loud.